Welcome back to 5050 Films. I'm Peter. And I'm Autumn. And this week we have something that is both different uh, and in, in some ways broken for you. Now, the thing that's different and not broken is we're going to try to do a little bit of a more condensed plot synopsis so that we talk about everything we're trying to talk about um, regarding the movie's plot, uh, but in a way that we can more sort of discuss amongst ourselves and it's less somebody monologuing for 10 minutes. That's the different part. The broken part is that my voice sounds weird because I was like yelling all weekend essentially um, and it is the wrong day of the week. So we're recording on a slightly different energy level. Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to hop right in. you have anything else to say before we start? No, I, that sums it up. Okay, cool. So the first movie we watched this week was my pick. Um, it was Changeland, directed by Seth Green. Um, actually, also written by Seth Green. This is like his passion project. And movie. starring Seth Green. <laughs> and starring Seth Green. So, uh, Changeland is a comedy drama film starring Seth Green, Brecken Meyer, Macaulay Culkin, and Brenda Song, um, as well as some other people that we'll get into in our discussion. Uh, in this film, the narrative of two estranged best friends, Brandon and Dan, um... You can't read your own handwriting. No, I can't. I just I messed up this uh, horribly when it comes to grammar. Um, this is the narrative of them working through their um, sort of their problems, mostly Brandon's problems, a little bit of Dan's problems as well, um, while experiencing a really fun and like sort of tourist touristy directed Thailand vacation. Um, this narrative is accompanied by a meta-narrative of the, ex the ever-increasing sort of distance between Brandon and his wife and their sort of impending divorce. This movie contains themes of self-discovery, uh, living in the moment, and the sort of bonds of friendship, um, as well as the idea of letting go to things that are no longer in your control or something that you can't keep anymore. Um, at the end of the film, Brandon is finally ready to sort of face his, like, reality. They've used Thailand as sort of an escape. There's, like, the escapist theme throughout this entire film. And that's my synopsis, my intro yeah. to this movie. Um, so, what would you like to talk about about this film specifically for you? Yeah. What, what stood out to you? Um... I mean, Peter has said in his synopsis about how one of the overlying themes in this movie is that Brandon is going to be getting a divorce. Um, but it also is, he's kind of in the process of making that decision. He doesn't necessarily have the best self-image when it comes to his marriage. There's like a part of him that seems to think that he should and could just continue to put up with this. Um, it's important to note that this trip to Thailand that he's on was for their wedding anniversary. Yes. So that whole, that whole, the whole meta narrative starts out with the very beginning of the movie when we see him sort of quietly leave his apartment, right? Um, he goes, does he, does he give her a kiss? I don't even know if she's there. She is. is she she's there? asleep in the bed. Okay, I don't think he does. Yeah. Um, he grabbed, I see him grab his toothbrush. I, I remember that for some reason. <laughs> it has been a full week since we watched this movie. It's usually yes. not that long in between. 
So... Because usually we watch movies on Mondays. And today is Monday, and we're recording. And today is Monday, and we're recording. <laughs> um, everything's messed up this week, because I had buddies over, and Autumn was out of town over the weekend. Um, one of which didn't preclude the other... Whatever. Um, so, uh, so we see him leave, and then pretty quickly, like, he's with Breckenmeyer, right? Like, like Brandon and Dan are together... And they are at the airport. They're going to Thailand, right? Like, I think they're... I don't remember where the airport is. It's, like, in the in Dubai or something. Yeah, I think it is Dubai. I think you're right. Um, and they kind of, like, they set um, Dan up to be this, like, very adventurous guy. Because he's saying, like, oh, I'm coming from here. And after we go to Thailand, I'm going to go here. It's, like, all these know, Back to Greece places. or wherever, yeah. yeah. Um, so... And then there, there is, like, this sort of progression where we hear voicemails about stuff, right? So after they get into Thailand, Brandon calls his parents. They're too busy to really talk to him at the time. But, you know, he, it's, a, it's a relatively positive conversation, aside from the fact that they seem to be too busy to talk to their son. Um, which, you know, is understandable in some ways. Like, if you're out doing something, you can't always just, you know, pick yeah. up the phone. Um, and then... We start hearing, like, voicemails from uh, his... His wife. His wife to him. Um, and the first one is, like, very, like, nonchalant, unrelated, because she doesn't really realize he's gone till he's been gone for, like, two days. That's what it is. So the first one is, like, just a very general, like, hey, I might be late... You know, doesn't even realize he's not home. The, yeah. the next one is, hey, I'm gonna miss our anniversary... I'm sorry. Still doesn't realize that he just left we'll her. We'll celebrate tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like, she hasn't been home enough to notice that he's just not there. Um, and then the next one is the, hey, uh, I actually, I'm not sure where you are. Um, I called your parents and they said you talked to them. Um, so I guess you're okay. But, like, you know. Um, so we just, we mostly hear, like, her talking to him. Um, and, because he's not, he's not communicating with her. Because she's cheating on him. Which I didn't say in the synopsis. But he knows. He's, he, he had bought her a guitar and lessons, and she's cheating on him with her guitar teacher. They're in a, they're in a band together, which might just be a front for them cheating. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and he has found, like, and it's not just, like, suspected. He's, like, found them, like, he had, she had, like, saved his number in her phone as her best friend's name. Um, so... Yeah, there's this whole this whole like side this and it's not it's not a side plot. It's it is like it is like the plot of the movie, but it's not the physical plot that we're watching right. happen, right? And she's not in it, which is why I sort of refer to it as a meta narrative because like you know it, it it is like the overarching narrative that like sort of sits behind everything else, right? Um, as they're just going through this like pretty well thought out tourist vacation to thailand you know they're doing boat tours a couple different boat tours they're doing like fancy meals in these really pretty like um resort like location mm-hmm. kind of things um they in the in the they have these like really nice hotel like it's it's very cool yeah there's a whole like little bit where the guy who um is checking them into the hotel assumes that they're um <laughs> that they're lovers um and brendan our, and dan that's our intro to finding out that this was supposed to be him and his wife yeah 
um, when they they go through that whole thing, and he's like, "Oh no, it was my wife." And the the guy at the front desk is not he's not buying the <laughs> this was especially me and my wife excuse. Um, kind of throughout the movie as well. So like we see Brandon, he's like super reserved at the beginning, like, and he doesn't get very much like crazier throughout the movie, right? But he get he's more. He opens up more, and you can kind of see it happen, right? Like, he he goes from being, like, super timid and reserved to a little more, like... He's, he's going with the flow more towards the end. Yeah, you just You see his ease. progression. Yeah. Um, even to where you, he's, like... <laughs> um, he's getting pulled around at the end of the movie where there's... He gets he goes, does this, like, ring fight. So the end of this movie... That was one of my notes. Yeah. I'm like, we have to talk about the guy who keeps telling him he wants to kill him. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Uh, so they find... So, like, during the boat tours portion, right, their first boat tour is a very touristy boat tour, right? This is, like, a river tour um, going around these islands in Thailand. Um, the tour is run by um, Penn, played by Brenda Song, um, who does a very... Thai accent for this portion of the movie um and it's really funny because later on in the movie we find out that that is the character pen just doing an accent because they, she gets better tips if the uh tourists think she's fully native and she is native she was born in thailand but she, she went to school yeah <laughs> she doesn't have she has a far more english accent um just sounds like normal brenda song essentially um london tipton uh, she does not sound like what it did. <laughs> on that boat tour, they have like a little portion where they go out on these um, kayaks, and yeah. these um, younger Thai boys are directing them, and so they meet Fang, um, who takes them out, and they stop at this like floating bar. And Dan keeps keeps trying to buy drinks for himself and Brandon, and Brandon's never accepting them, so he ends up giving his beer to Fang. He's like, Fang, and, can you drink? Fang's like. Yeah, I'm old enough to drink. Fang says yes in a way that makes it very clear that he's lying. Yes, I can drink. <laughs> uh, and then he downs the whole beer. And yeah, he like, he like really quickly like drinks the beer. Yeah, it's like I very much it. like a, you know, he's like sneaking one, right? Yeah, that was really fun. I like that scene a lot. Um, I think that's that's another like him opening up kind of thing, right? Is that like he's not. He's, like, so, you know, in his own head about his, this whole, like, divorce and, like, him, like, do I want to actually fight for her, you know, or, like, that he's, like, he's, like, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to drink. Like, it's, like, I don't want to party kind of thing. Like, this is, he's, like, being too serious about the fact that he is on this crazy Thailand vacation. Um, so, yeah, and, and I, they get into, like, their, their relationship, not just with him and him and his wife, but between him and Dan, like, there's a whole part where they're, like, in, at these, these beautiful views throughout this whole movie. But... And if you check out our, our Instagram, shameless plug, I really like the photo we use for the the image for the Changeland post is, like, him standing in the water in this cave. It's, it's very pretty. I feel like it really captures what the movie felt like visually. Yeah, it was, it was just super pretty. So, you were talking about um, Brandon and Dan. Yeah, so they, they, they talk about, like, while, you know, the whole part where they're talking to Fang, right, they, um, Brandon realizes that Dan doesn't really consider him his best friend anymore, right? 
Um, they're still a good friend. He still th- you know, thinks of him as a good friend, but he doesn't consider him his best friend. And it uh, that that kind of you know ends up resolving in that Dan. Um, we find out that Brandon's wife doesn't like Dan. She just doesn't like him. And has kind of gone behind Brandon's back to make yes. sure Dan wasn't invited to things. And didn't realize that, and Brandon didn't realize that she was like this, like anti-Dan. Um, and uh, he, and he, we find out he's not blameless. Like he, he also like, he missed Dan's first gallery show. Um, just didn't realize it was as important as it was sort of thing. Yeah, Dan is a famous photographer. Yeah. Which is kind of how he connects with um, Penn's friend Dory, who also works on the boat. Um, he uncomfortably flirts with her for a long time. Um, but eventually they do connect over the common ground of they both really enjoy photography. Yes, the, the whole, like, their whole film connection. Which there. then all of a sudden makes it make sense why Dan is flying all over the place. I feel like when he's first introduced... As like, oh, hey, I just came from here, and I'm going here next. You're kind of like, who is this guy? Is he, like, like independently wealthy, an yeah. investment banker? I, or, or, like, crazy real estate? party boy just doesn't care. But, like, he really, he's he's an artist. And he, yeah. you know, he, he's got a lot more to him than that first introduction makes it seem. Yeah, and, and he, the, the other cool part about this movie is that, though, though there is the conflict in the whole, like, realizations that they're, like, that they need, they need to, like, you know, bring themselves back kind of thing to like to the to, to their like original like best friend sort of right. idea um and like the the whole I mean, all this all this conflict in the movie no one like screams at each other like people don't yell like it's it, they're it's these are all like very like like best friend level conversations you'd have with somebody where like things are like very serious and like you know both of them like wh- whoever like he's like you know brandon owns up he's like i'm really sorry i didn't mean to like and he's like it's fine like i'm not mad about it you know it, it, it is what it is like so, it's like it was, just has this very chill vibe throughout it, and like it kind of reminds me of. Uh, oh, I just forgot the name of the movie, so it doesn't even matter. Great, there's there's another movie that has like has this sort of like chill vibe with the like you know zoom you know the the camera work it just has it like pan across stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. That one um, is a it's a movie about. Um, lifeguards on Staten Island. Staten Island Summer is what oh, it's called. Okay. Which I think I showed you. I had you watch Staten Island Summer, I think. It's got a bunch of uh, SNL actors in it. Um, you're looking at me like you've never seen it before, I but I swear we don't. watched it once. I know I've showed a couple people it anyway. Um, it, it's a great, like, it's got that same, that one's more coming of age. This one's like, it's, like, odd because it's almost like a coming of age, but they're not, like, coming of age at yeah, all. Yeah, if it's they like, were the right age to be coming of age, that would be all that would need to change to yeah. make this a coming of age yeah. movie. It, it, like, it make, is it, that, like... make them, like, 17 and she's his girlfriend and not his wife and <laughs> done. Like, it's a coming of age movie. Yeah, it is, it is very, it has very much that vibe and it is, it's very much that, that sort, that level of comedy drama where it's, like, you know... There's not, like, a crazy laugh-out-loud moments, but there's a lot of, like, make-you-smile moments the whole way throughout. Um, I just, I mean, I, I I love this movie. I give it a five stars. Like, I thought it was so good. Um, it was just something that I, I I saw it on Hulu, and I was like, I kind of want to watch that. And then I was like, oh, there's other good stuff on Hulu right now. And I had Autumn, like, kind of pick, like I do sometimes, like, hey, what about this? She's like, 
And then she ended up picking one that would have been Revenge of the Nerds. And as we got closer to watching the movie, I was like, you know, I just really want to watch that Changeland movie. I don't know what it is. Like, I just want to see Seth Green. Because um, I like Robot Chicken, which is, like, one of his main things. Um, he's also the voice of Chris on Family Guy. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I not. But, uh, <laughs> like, I, I, was, I was like, this just sounds really chill. And it was super chill and just super pretty and had, like, a lot of the themes that I really like. In, in that kind of story and it just I don't know it was like one of those like really like it was almost like an ambient an ambient movie right you just have one in the background I'd agree with um, that. and it was just I don't know I really loved it I thought it was really good um, we do have to talk about the bar yes yes the yeah the so the bar with the fighting with a with a ring yeah we it, alluded to it earlier and yes got a away boxing from it. ring or a Mai Tai ring technically because it is Thailand um, so like a reggae bar is what it was and in this bar, um, Brandon meets Randy Orton, <laughs> who is playing a character named Martin. Um, uh, and Martin is this, like, he's the kind of, like, you know, flighty rich boy kind of Who Dan type. was presented to be. Yes, he's who Dan was presented to be at the beginning, where he's like, oh, this dude just travels to travel. He's, like, super wealthy, just travels so to wholesome, have spiritual though. experiences. Super wholesome character. <laughs> like, and there's at one point... so. Okay, of course, Brandon, there's this guy at the bar, and he's like, I'm going to kill you. Fight me. Um, and Brandon's like, no thanks, and just walks to the bathroom, um, comes back, and he ta- he talks to Dan about it, and Dan's like, oh, those guys are paid by this bar to, like, fight tourists and, like, either, you know, have them win or whatever. But when he ends up ends up actually fighting him, does not win, gets the shit kicked out of him. Absolutely. Um, but then he, he meets the fighter again later, and the fighter's like, we're brothers! And, like, and like you know, it, it's the, the whole, like, experience of, like, you know, giving giving Taurus the experience of getting the shit kicked out of him in Thailand or beating someone up in Thailand or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, which is just really cool. And McCauley, we can talk about Macaulay Culkin. He's on the second boat tour. Um, he's, like, an ex, he's an American expat. Um, who moved from, like, I don't know, the middle of nowhere in Iowa or something. It's not Iowa. It's, like, North Dakota. Yes. Or something. Yep. Um, or one of the Dakotas. It was one of the Dakotas, for uh, sure. He talks about how... <laughs> the, the, the notable thing about his place is it's not the place that has Mount Rushmore. Um, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, he, he's... He, like, just sort of... his. He's, well, I don't forget, forget how he said it, but, like, all of his friends were, like living their own lives and he didn't want to live any of the lives they were living and he's just like i need to get out of here yeah they were just doing the regular like nine to five settling down getting a house and it just didn't feel right yeah. to him so he got out there there was a there was a line from this movie that i can't remember that was like super good that involved him as well it was like uh why would i go out or like why would i like think i'm why would, I, why would I think I'm missing out on my life when I'm living it right now? Oh my gosh, yeah, that was so good. It was like, it was so, that was so good. Like, it was, it was about that, right? Because, yeah, same they, vein? they asked him, like, what, don't you think that you're, like, don't you wonder what your Do life you ever would regret be like? You're missing that, out or something yeah, like that. and he's like, I can't be missing out on my life when I'm living it. And it was just, it was crazy powerful from a character who was an absolute clown. Yeah. And I, I just love that juxtaposition. I also just love seeing Macaulay Culkin and Brenda Song in the same movie, even though they hardly interact. Like, it was just very satisfying. When did they start to date? A long time ago. Oh, okay. They so have they, two kids, yeah. I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. This is, like, a two-year-old movie, I think. It might have come out in 2021? Um, that's a great question. Can we look? Yeah. Part of me wants to say 2019, but I don't feel like that's right. It was 2019. Oh. Yeah. So, right before the pandemic. 
Um, Brittany, I know you're listening to this. Um, you would like this movie, so you should watch it. It was it was, it was just super good, super chill. Um, I, I had such I had such a good time. Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't finish talking about Randy Orton. So he he's he you know he's he's that like he his whole thing is he has a yacht and he drives he like like you know takes the yacht around East Asia picks up random people <laughs> random tourists random drifters whatever that just are just having a good time and he's like hey you want to go to he's like you want to go to uh, Hong Kong because where I'm going next and Brandon's like no thank you but it, like it's kind of like a you know the whole thing he like they, he he's buying shots or him at the bar super wholesome dude super spiritual dude and at one point like after the fight and everything which he's like very much like yeah you know, very in support of um, he pulls Brandon he's like I, I'm gonna borrow your friend for a minute and then takes Brandon and there's just like there's a light is he gonna get like killed <laughs> for a second um, and then he takes him he's in this like this like hole in the wall place and he's like alright get it or whatever and the guy walks over he grabs a bottle um, and he's like he's like this is a very special bottle this is like the last one that exists like a super fancy bottle of like whiskey or something and he has it before he's like he's like why me and um, Martin goes why not you? You know? That was another great, yeah, it was like, just like, just like Why not? And then, you know, they, they both drink it, and it looks like it's very tasty or whatever, you know? Um, and it's just, it was, like, these really cool, like, it, it had that whole, like, self, that self-discovery mm-hmm. beat through the whole thing of him just, like, kind of coming to terms with his situation and, like, figuring out what he's doing and, like, kind of learning to maybe that he doesn't need to be with his wife like she is the more he's like she's you know portrayed as a fairly toxic person throughout this entire affair <laughs> I would say so she didn't know he was missing for like yeah. two days so like <laughs> his, him him like like freeing himself like the self freedom of that um, and then like of course I don't know if I, I, I did mention it like literally the very end of this movie is him calling her on the phone and her saying hello or whatever and then it ends like it cuts right to the credits which is like so cool. Like him finally is like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna do it. And like, you know, he's he's finished his little bout of escapism. He's kind of thought about, it, made made all his decisions, gotten through everything. He's changed in Thailand. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great movie. I am on a roll with watching movies on my own, but this one's not a surprise to Peter this week. Um, I went to visit a friend of mine and took them to see Dungeons and Dragons on our Among Thieves because I cannot get enough. I wanted to rewatch it the second we finished watching it, so I was very satisfied to go watch it again. We went to the cutest local theater in their area, and we were so close to being the only people in the theater, and then one girl came in and like sat a couple rows behind us. So it was still like pretty much empty. Um, it was so good, and it was so fun to watch Michaela's reactions. Michaela (laughs) was affected by so many jump scares that, like, just did not affect me at all that I didn't even realize were in the movie until Michaela was, like, five feet in the air right next to me. Um, but, yeah, I had a really good time watching that again. I don't think it'll be the last time I watch it. I freaking love that movie. That was very good. I almost watched all of the Pink Panther again. 
I thought I saw um, that on whatever uh, streaming service. Uh, it's like continue watching. We we put it on. I, my my buddies were over. We put it on one of the nights just to find find a funny movie. And we got there's like twenty minutes left, and we we're all flagging pretty hard, like super tired. So we just shut it off. Played some memes for a little bit, and then just kind of called it. Great movie. I've seen it so many times as a kid. Like it was just one of my favorite little comedies. You know, super fun. Um, together we watched a couple episodes of Atlanta, not very many. I'm kind of bummed because last week, I know, I've been better about re-listening to our media breaks to, like, remember what we said, um, but unfortunately, (laughs) that means I know that last week we're like, let's be really serious and commit to watching the other things we want to watch, and then we didn't, but the same night we watched Changeland, I was... All of a sudden, really in the mood to watch stand-up, so we watched Dion Cole's uh, special, Charlene's Boy. I I thought well, it, was, it was it was mid. Yeah, it was one of those. It's like okay, I'm happy to be watching this, but I don't really think I'm gonna think about it very much after this. I think that Dion Cole has a really good delivery for when he's telling jokes as part of, for part of his set, right? For the what part where he's like, I'm gonna tell some jokes for a little bit. Oh, yeah. And then he actually just tells jokes. He's got a great delivery for that. I think the the bits at the beginning, which are him like talking about, you know, his experience and everything like that, those are funny, but that's that panders more towards, you know, his like main audience. Yeah. Um, which we are not part of. Um and so it just you know, he he's he's like an older older being like he's like fifty. Is he really? That's what he seemed like. That's what it seemed like he was. I would have guessed he was in his forties, but um, I think he was talking. I think he referenced being fifty at some point. Um, so he's making a lot of, and he like as like for fifty year old African American, like like yeah, oriented jokes, which the the audience was loving. They were eating it up. That um, was my favorite part of the special was how watching the audience reaction because there are so many like. I don't know, like, 40-year-old women in the front row, like, just yeah. losing it. Just cackling, yeah. and the testimonials. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I loved um, it. It, it, was, it was very good. It was it was very fun. It was, it was, it was fun, it, but, like, okay, I said very good. It was, you know, it was it had a good energy, but, you know, much like the Chris Rock special, a lot of the jokes just, like, you know. That's the thing about stand-up, too, and I, I like to prioritize watching stand-up widely. Actually, we watched Dion Cole because I was looking for one I had seen a trailer for and now can't find that was a lesbian comedian. And we've watched uh, Fortune Femster, but I don't know if we've watched any other lesbian comedians. And I like to really diversify what we're watching because I feel like you just get some different kinds of jokes. But also, at the end of the day, there's so much about comedy that has to do with relatability. And so, like, we even find that when it's Peter's turn to pick a comedian, a lot of times he picks a man. And when it's my turn to pick a comedian, a lot of times I pick a woman because we just tend to, like, find those jokes funnier yeah. and more relatable. Unless so. it's Taylor Tomlinson, and then I pick Taylor Tomlinson. Oh, we both love Taylor Tomlinson. Everyone <laughs> should love Taylor Tomlinson. Okay, TV separately, I finished season two of Abbott Elementary, and I don't know when season three will be out. And I'm very <laughs> sad, because it was so good, and... Depeche recognized it. Yeah, he did. Um Which is funny. Yeah, he, he knew Quinta Brunson from something. Um, But the way they ended it was so, like... It was one of those where, like, it's a complete ending in and of itself, but you're also like, but why? 
Like, there's so much more, and you went with this? Like, how are we gonna... Oh, my gosh. And it's one of those, like, and I... I am known for loving this. I think all of my favorite shows have it. Um, but it is very much a, like, will they, won't they, with a couple you know is gonna end up together, but they just do not put them together. And, like, every chance they get it just doesn't work out, so... I've been watching that. I started watching The Owl House again. I don't think I'm going to, like, continue on with it for very long, but I'm pretty close to, um, one of the kiddos who recommended it to me, her favorite episode, and so I would like to get to that point so I can talk to her about it. I know it'll make her happy, and then after that, I don't know. Maybe I'll continue it. Maybe I won't. I I don't feel super strongly about it, but I tend to, like, go in and out of TV shows. Like, recently I've been like, I really need to pick Cheers back up. Like, I haven't watched Cheers in a while, and I'm kind of in the mood for that. Same with, like, I just got out of a Housewives mood. I'm always, like, back and forth with that, so. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's everything for me. I watched another episode of Robot Chicken. You know, it's just there for fun. Um, It's like watching a YouTube video. Uh... I watched, I finally finished Bofuri. That's all four of the anime that I decided I wanted to watch last season. What a journey. Done. Done. So that's nice. Um, and now I'm probably taking a little bit of an anime break. Um, because I've been so deep into the manga, but that comes up in the book section. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Bofuri, uh, so fun. Um, I don't want to get hurt, so I maxed out my defense, is the tagline of that show. VR MMO uh, anime. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's really wholesome and really fun. Like, it, there are a lot of, like, like friendship and helping each other themes throughout the entire show. Because it's, I mean, it, she she's just, like, a super wholesome, like, I think she's probably a high schooler or something. I can't really remember because they, they spend most of the time in the game and not in the real life portion of the, the show. Um, and, yeah. Super fun. As far as books, I'm still listening to the audiobook for A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking. I'm really interested to see where it's about to go. I just hit the 70% mark, and it it's one of those where, like, it had a point about 60% in where it, like, could have ended, but now we're, like, still going. Like, we had this major plot line, and then it was resolved, and now we're, we're still going for 30 more percent, so have no idea what that's gonna be like um we'll see this is one of those sometimes when i'm reading i like know a rating honestly it's like this when we watch movies too like i'll know like okay this is probably gonna be this or whatever um but for this one i'm really unsure as to what i might end up rating it um i finished the book i was physically reading last week which was House of Salt and Sorrows, a kind of like dark, twisted, 12 Dancing Princesses retelling. I really enjoyed that one. I rated it four stars, which means so far my TBR takedown that I have designed, which if you haven't heard me talk about that before, it's essentially I picked 12 books off my bookshelf that I had been putting off but had a feeling I was really going to love. 
um, and am trying to read one a month, so I'm actually reading them. Um, this is the fourth one I've read, and so far it's been like a pretty resounding success. I was a little nervous because the first one that I read was a two-star book, but since then it's been five stars, five stars, and four stars, so I'm really looking forward to getting through the rest. Um, my favorite podcast, Books Unbound, is doing something in May called Mashed Potato May, which is essentially reading books that you think you're going to like, but have been putting off. Um, so I think I'm going to tackle the biggest book on my TBR takedown next month, which is Dune, um, just kind of in the spirit of Mashed Potato May. But what I'm currently reading now is The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. It's a romance book I always really thought I would like. I've read about three other Christina Lauren books. People really love her. It's actually an author duo, two friends named Christina and Lauren. Um, and I've liked their stuff before, however, this one I think I'm really going to love. Um, my favorite part is pretty early on towards the beginning, uh, the main character describes a bridesmaid's dress she's wearing as the flayed pelt of Kermit the Frog. Um, to describe the exact shade of green that it is. Um, this is the story of Olive, whose sister Amy married Dane, whose brother Ethan does not like Olive. <laughs> but when everyone at the wedding gets uh, kind of poisoned by the seafood buffet, except for Olive and Ethan, they end up going on this all-expenses-paid Hawaiian honeymoon that Olive's sister had won that they can't get refunded. Um, so uh, Olive and Amy are identical twins, so Olive is going kind of posing as Amy, um, and then Ethan is posing as Dane um, to go on this vacation. I think it's going to be really silly. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of times I read romance books via my Kindle, but I actually found this one at uh, one of our favorite local used bookstores, and so I'm getting to read it physically, which is a lot of fun. And you're reading manga, but I'm, I must request you keep your manga I was told uh, that my manga short. discussion should be 45 minutes long in order to compensate for how short it was last week. Um, Who told you that? <laughs> Not your mom it, or Brittany. Didn't Brittany tell me that? <laughs> and she said, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Peter to continue talking about manga. That's anyway. Very funny. Um, I'm reading One Piece right now, since I already talked about having finished uh, so the leveling last week. Um, One Piece is an epic fantasy. To the tune of a maritime world where pirates are, like, both feared and, like, beloved. So it was made for you. Yes. <laughs> um, people have superpowers that they get from eating these fruits called uh, devil fruits. The devil fruit gives you a power based on what it's called, what kind of fruit it is. There are different kinds of devil, like, different classifications of devil fruits. That's really complicated. Um, and we haven't really gotten too far into They've only told me two of the types of fruits so far. Um, so the fruits are something like, like, so our main character, Monkey D. Luffy, has eaten the gum gum fruit, which has turned him into a rubber man. And most of his powers are that his body is very stretchy. Or he could turn himself into a balloon right now. And I know it gets very more, much more complicated later, and he has, like, these different transformation things he can do. And then it's not actually the gum gum fruit, which is a crazy spoiler for, like, way farther down the line. Um, but there, there will be another person. There's a, a person who, who, 
who um, ate the the I think it's the flower flower fruit, and and the ability she got is to blossom, um, where she can like make different parts of her body grow just out of different things very briefly. Like so, she her main attack is she makes her arms go around people and like <laughs> suplex them and stuff. Um, but I've seen her do it with her eyes as well to like reconnaissance things. Um, it, it, so it, but it, it's, it's very much like that. Like you eat the fruit and you become, you, you gain the powers of that fruit. Um, one of the main characters that you would like, his name is Tony, Tony Chopper. He's a reindeer who ate the human, human fruit. So he became this little like talking reindeer man. And he has, he has seven transformations, but most people who ate the Zoan type fruits, the animal fruits, mm-hmm. um, have three, which is, it would be his, his little man form, his big reindeer man form, and his actual just I'm a reindeer form. Um, but he's, he's very, he's like a very comic relief character. He's the ship's doctor. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Um, the best way to, to describe One Piece is Rubber Man kicks ass and makes friends. Because that is the majority of what Luffy is doing. Luffy wants to become the king of the pirates. And he is gathering his crew together. Right now, I am in the Skypea arc. So they are up in a sky island uh, along the Grand Line. Which is like one of the most dangerous stretches of, you know, pirate world, right? Um, And there's like a, a navy and there's all these other pirate groups and... He's about to interact with the Blackbeard pirates, and it's it's very cool, incredibly complicated. I'm 257 or 58 chapters into a 1,080 chapter manga. It's there's so it's like 1,080 chapters right now, so I'm about a quarter of the way through. Um, at I think somewhere around the five to six hundred chapter mark, there's a two year time skip, and all the characters become adults. Right, because right now they're like sixteen, seventeen. They become like adult, adult, and they get like you know cooler looking, right? Um, which I'm told is very cool. I know there's one character that I wanna, I really wanna meet. His name is Brooke. He's a skeleton man. Um, he's the 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 group's musician, uh, and he doesn't show up until like four hundred and forty something or four hundred fifty something. So I have a ways to go. Um, I can't really, I can't describe the plot very much to be honest because it's just it's it is just they just he chains arcs together these like storylines of luffy i think he did enough yeah and i i i think the most important things for one piece is to explain how the devil fruit works and then like kind of you know they're they're trying to find the one piece which is a treasure left by goldie roger um the d thing is supposed to be important hasn't happened yet um and uh, he was the king. He was like the king of the pirates. He was executed at one point. Um, and yeah, uh, the the one negative of eating a devil fruit is that the ocean hates you, and you can no longer swim. You sink like a rock as soon as you as soon as you hit the ocean, and you lose the ability to use not to use your devil fruit power, but you like lose the will to move when you're like in the water like that. So that that's like a whole thing, like. That, 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 that constantly comes up. That's like Luffy's main weakness is that if they put him in the water, he'll die. Um, and his other one is, since he's rubber, he can be cut, but he can't be, like, bludgeoned. So, like, they can, like, hit him with a bat and he's fine. Shoot him with a musket ball and he's fine. But, like, you know, he can still get, like, stabbed and stuff. So have you forgotten about your fiction project? Um, I have not. Um, the thing is, one manga is much easier to read at work. 
I the where where I work, um, I'm not sure if I've talked about it on the podcast. I might have, I might not have, just in general. Um, but where I work, I am able to read during work um, when I'm not helping people or doing stuff. Um, and it is much easier right now for me to have just the manga website pulled up on the computer than it is for me to have a book. I could have a book too, but I for some reason I'm just like really vibing on it right now. Um, I'm doing the thing that Autumn likes, which is reading um, what you're interested in reading in at the time instead of just going to the next Ooh, thing. Mood reading. Um, and I, I, I don't want to blame uh, Confederacy Dunces because it's not like it's an uninteresting book, but I'm I'm just really um, I I am I am taking manga and reading it instead of watching anime. I think is what I'm replacing that with. Um, so like. I, I'm just and I'm just really into it right now, and I really want to finish One Piece because, I mean, my fr- I have all my friends love this this manga. They love it so much, um, and it's really good. And I, I I want to be able to say that I'm caught up, you know. Gotcha. I'm gonna cut you off because that's you, fine. I'm, I'm you've done. Said enough. I'm done. Um, I'm not playing any games. Are you playing any games? Destiny Two. You know, just the normal grind. All right, it's rapid recommend time. Woo! Let's see what we get. A movie. Imagine that. <laughs> well, I can't say Changeland because we just talked about Changeland, but I can say Staten Island Summer, which I did reference in talking about Changeland. That movie's great. It there are some funnier comedy beats. Um, it is very much like SNL writers kind of like making a we get a coming of age story on Staten, Staten Island about a kid who works at a public pool or like a, a swim club kind of things, so like a membership pool. Um, it's 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 super good. It's super fun. Um, the cinematography is great. It's just a really good time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to recommend. You know what came to my mind? I'm gonna recommend Tangled. It's a Disney movie. This is the Rapunzel story. I just watched the musical version with my, um, some elementary kids when I was subbing music class. But I feel like it's such a fun story. And sometimes those princess movies go under the radar because people don't want to, you know, watch them with their, their men or, or whatever. Hey, Flynn Rider's um, cool, all right? Exactly. They're really fun. They're so much fun. And Zachary Levi. Yeah, this one's particularly silly, so... I'm gonna go with that. I struggle with this as a category. Maybe we should even take it out of here because I'm like, yeah. yeah, I just feel like my repertoire of movies, like for we've done this is our third year of this project, so it's like, <laughs> what can I recommend that we haven't talked about or referenced? We we're we're getting we've 230 movies in the past three years total so far. Yeah. 232. Like what so, can I recommend? Like, what what can you recommend that we haven't already watched or talked about or was part of this? <laughs> So the story behind this next movie is actually kind of funny um, because I picked it for us to watch, just looking at it, seeing like, oh, there's a lot of people in this that Peter and I both really like. This is probably a movie we're both going to enjoy. It's a comedy. Um, And then Peter reminded me that a couple of weeks ago on a walk, he found out about this movie called Couples Retreat and it had a bunch of actors in it that we both liked and it was a comedy and he thought we would both like it. And I realized then that I had picked a movie that he had already planned on picking eventually. So 
I mean, not that that's a bad thing, but it had just totally slipped my mind that it was something we had discussed together before. Um, but, as I said, our second movie for this week was Couples Retreat, which is a comedy film. It's got a star-studded cast. Um, it stars Vince Vaughn, Malin, Malin, Malin Ackerman, John Favreau, Jason Bateman, Faison Love, Kristen Bell, Kristen Davis, and Callie Hawk. Um, at the start of the movie, Jason, played by Jason Bateman, and Cynthia, played by Kristen Bell, uh, propose a couple's retreat for their friend group. They are having issues conceiving, um, and all of their friends have something going on in their marriages or relationships that are just kind of making them unhappy. So they propose that they go on this couple's retreat, they get a good group rate on it. They kind of talk their friends into it by selling it as, uh, oh, we'll just go be in paradise and do fun things, um, and the therapy is optional. But when they get there, they realize the therapy is not optional. Um, once they're there, antics ensue, uh, including a shark attack, a massage with an unhappy happy ending, um, and an unnecessarily sexual group yoga experience. Um, throughout the film, the couples learn to appreciate what they have in their own relationships, and it has a very well-rounded happy ending where all of the couples end up um, with their marriages reconciled. Yeah. This is another comedy with the idea of... that plays with the idea of divorce <laughs> while on a tropical island. Very different vibes, though. Very much so. Um... I, what I give us, a 3.5? Yes, I gave it a 3. So, is there anything particular you want to talk about with this movie? Like, Let's go through each couple. So, Vince Vaughn and Malin Ackerman um, play Dave and Ronnie, who are main characters. They are the only couple that have children. They have two little boys, one of whom keeps peeing. In... That's that's not true. John Favreau's couple has... They have a kid. Oh, they that have is... Kids. That's a, that is untrue, mm-hmm. um, but they have they have two young children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and <laughs> they they are they are the happiest couple out of the four. Yeah, the seemingly like yeah, and it, all of their friends kind of think like oh they they've got everything figured out they're fine. Yeah, and they have, they do have merit. They have prop some problems, right? Like like uh, Dave is like I mean he he's like not prioritizing their relationship enough. Um, he blames it on being exhausted from work most of the time, um, and, and, like, and they, I don't know if that ever really gets fully resolved, but they, they have the most functional relationship, and by, from a, like, they, it is clear that they do love each other, even if he's not maybe prioritizing her as much. Yeah, for like, them, there's just, like, a spark missing. Yeah. Like, things are still working. They're yeah. still good partners. Yeah, they're, they're still good partners. Um, their, their relationship just might have, it, it might have lost, yeah, it lost a little bit of the spark, became a little more, like, work, like co-worker-esque in, in some ways, right? Um, but for the most part, they're fine. John Favreau's relationship is, like, it's the, he, he knocked her up in high school, and they got married, and... It gets, like, magically resolved at the end. Yeah, that was But weird. it's very much like they're probably still going to get divorced, even if they are, like, 
sexually attracted to each other again. They're cheating on each other. They're, I will say one thing, though. They are both very committed to raising their daughter, and the mm-hmm. way they speak about each other's parenting was, like, the one time that they were, like, kind and loving towards one another. They all have different therapists, and are they the couple that works with Ken Jeong? Is it Joey and Lucy? I think so, yeah. Or maybe it's Kristen Bell's couple. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember either. <laughs> Ken Jeong, this the The side... So, I think the side actors in this movie were my favorite part of the movie. Okay. What do you Interesting. think? Interesting. I mean, I love Kristen Bell. I would watch her eat cereal. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, in this, in this one, as side actors... I didn't just mess something up, did I? No, no we're good. you're good. I, I pushed a button that I didn't mean to push. Um, we had Peter Serafinowicz um, as Stanley with a C, yeah. which for the rest of it they put as S.C. Tanley. <laughs> um, he He's like the robotic, like kind of like a disturbing, you know, uh, attendant or like concierge guy. Um, he's cool. I, I love Peter, Peter Sarabinowitz because I've seen him in other stuff. Um, if I remember correctly, he's the bartender in Passengers. Remember that movie where... Um, Is that Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, where Chris Pratt murders Jennifer Lawrence. Um, he's he's the bartender. You spoil a movie that we did It's, it's so old. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, he's the bartender in that. And he, he's great. He, he's a really good actor. Jean Renault, who we've seen in so many things, and I saw in the Big Panther this week as well, um, is like he is Marcel, like the the love guru guy, who the relationship guru, yeah, runs the resort, who runs the resort that they end up on. Temerara Morrison, who plays Boba Fett and Jango Fett, yeah, like is is like the one of the attendants, which I thought was so good. Uh, wait, is that is that actually Vince Vaughn's dad? Oh, that's funny. So the, the kids, the kid, their their kids call their grandpa so that they can go on this trip, and apparently that that the guy's name is Vernon Vaughn, so I he's got to be Vince Vaughn's actual father. <laughs> they got to put put in this movie. That's really funny. Anyway, like I, I just I thought was I was like when, when we saw Tamara Morrison, I was like, holy shit, that's Django Fett. <laughs> like <laughs> Django Fett just being you know normal like <laughs> resort attendant, and then like Ken Jong as the it was. I was like these these great like great actors just in like the side parts. I was like, this is so cool. Like, there's so many people that are good in this movie, and I just I think I was kind of disappointed. I I didn't think it was funny enough. Yeah, I was a little underwhelmed. Like it was underwhelming. Like that that's a great great way to put it because like like I think Vince Vaughn was probably the funniest one, and it was just Vince Vaughn's like like gravelly sarcasm yeah like that was that was like that's that his like signature like this is how i am in movies uh it kind of sounds like that too um yeah i I found the interactions between um phase on love and um, he was funny yeah callie hawk's characters just be in it it on's character shane has been divorced from his wife, which, again, this is, like, she shows up at the resort, there's a magical reconciliation. But he's been dating this 20-year-old girl, and their dynamic was especially interesting just because it was so different 
from all of the other couples that were there. Like, he's just trying to keep up and be, you know, young and hip like she wants him to be, and he just can't keep up. I I think, and the more, now the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, this movie was actually really disappointing when it comes to, like, the bulk of it, right? I'm surprised you gave it a 3.5. This was, like, an easy 3. Yeah, me. I might have... Can I change to a 3? Yeah, or did I you never, already put it in your... I never wrote it in, down. In, okay, let's Also, make I it, have white out. You can always change your mind. Um, I just... Be, even though Peter Serafinovitz and Tamara Morrison and um, Ken Jeong and, and John Renault are, like, great, right? They are, the, like, the B-cast, right? And the main and cast, the guy who plays Salvador. The main cast, even though they're all very good, are just like it. I just think it was just a lazy movie to me. And they, the, the way they magically fix everything at the end, right? They go through all this like therapy stuff, but nobody actually works through anything in therapy. They work through it all in this, this kind of like wacky. Like we're gonna travel the other side of the island to try to get Faison loves. Uh, girlfriend back. You also, know? what were those outfits they had to wear in therapy? I'm so confused. Like a weird, like, Asian they all, style. They like... all had to match colors, but they all wore different colors. And the ones that John Favreau and his wife were wearing were, like, bright orange, like, prison jumpsuits. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just... This... This... The more that I think about it, because of this, like, the magical ex machina of, oh, it's all better now. We all got drunk at the end makes me think that this is this was not really a cash grab but a lazy um the what adam sandler is accused of doing a lot where he's he puts all gets all his friends and he does a movie in the tropics Mm -hmm. and the idea is that they're getting paid to be in a beautiful location and film in the tropics and have crazy food in the tropics the, the more I realize how bad the plot of this movie was and how bad it was resolved, the more I'm thinking this is Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, who were the writers of it, <laughs> um, going, you know, if we, if we wrote a movie that we pitched that was in, like, Fiji, we could go to Fiji for, like, two months. And everyone was like, yeah. And then they got, they were like, we can get all these, all these, all this good talent because everybody wants to record in Fiji for two months. <laughs> like, is, yeah. that's what it feels like. It was especially a bummer just because we know that John Favreau is such a good writer and has done some really incredible things. Yes. And so I think that, like, when I saw that he was a writer, because this is one of those movies, it is from 2009, where, like, some of the credits were at the beginning. So mm-hmm. when I saw that he wrote it, I was like, oh, this probably will be very good because I've loved so many things that he's written, but it just, it didn't feel like a John Favreau movie. Yeah, it just, it, it, it felt like one of those, you know, working vacations is what it felt like for, for like those actors. I mean, like, good for them, you know, if that's what, if that's what it actually was, like they, they got to hang out in a beautiful place and It just, it's a, a cool little... concept and it could yeah. have been done better yeah um but yeah like i said earlier we have jason bateman and kristen bell in a couple they are having trouble conceiving i thought based on the way before they present their powerpoint to their friends saying that they want them to go on this trip they like is the scene where they're like okay are you ready for tomorrow and they like kiss in bed and this whole time i thought they were like faking having problems to get their friends who had problems 
to go to this retreat. But that was not what happened. That would have been a better movie. That's what I thought was happening. Because they, like, do these, like, little side moments of them, like, being kissy and cuddly. Yeah. And then at the end, it was like, oh, they had the biggest problem at all of all because he blames her for not being able to get pregnant. And, and then they have wild sex. And I will say... So much of this movie wrapped up just like fairy tale ending, but I was so glad that they did not just have wild sex in a closet and all of a sudden she was pregnant. That is not something they did, which I was very yeah. thankful for. But yeah, it's just I don't know. Oh no. Could have been better. We had high hopes for it, but Yeah. The cast was too good. For the movie to be you were the this movie to mediocre. be this mid. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad. What do you think next week's going to hold for us? I don't know. We're doing a normal week, right? Is yeah, it normal Yeah, we should again? be. Normal until Guardians comes out, which I believe is the first week of May. And then we'll have to figure out how to watch that. Yeah, we should probably try to see that in a few years. Oh, well. We'll probably do it. All right. Well. All right. We have no idea what this next week will hold, so you can... Uh, Keep an eye on our Instagram, which is 5050films podcast. Yep, I made the first post without recording the podcast this week. <laughs> so I made a reference to that in the post. Oh, very so. very nice. Great great social media yeah. marketing. Um, Peter posts on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So those Monday and Tuesday posts will give you a glimpse into what movies we watched that week if you want to know ahead of time. Then Wednesday's just, you know, hey, we have an episode out. Because if you didn't know, we have episodes every Wednesday. All right. That's it for the self-promo, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.